Welcome to another episode of The Huddle. I'm Pete Hooley, and the MVP conversation is getting loud as we're a quarter away through the NBL 24 season. So I decided I needed to catch up with Nathan Sobey. He is a man of mystery, but he is a man of extreme talent. He's playing at a really high level. Please enjoy this chat with not just Nathan Sobey, but he features his kids as well. We see the dad side of Sobes as well, so enjoy. To bring him in with other guys on our team as well that have been on championship teams um, is probably a big, bigger than it probably looks. Not too many people can say that their basketball peaks at 33 years old, but do you feel like you potentially this is going to be your, a peak type season? That's how good you feel right now. And, and yeah, I couldn't be any happier with, with the spot we're in um, in such a short amount of time. Spending as much time with them and doing everything that they love to do is, is really the best thing about uh, being a dad or life itself. So, appreciate your time, mate. Let's quickly chat about the vibes around the Bullets right now because uh, things look, let's just say, a lot better than they were last year, obviously, with wins on the court, the fans are packed, but it looks like everyone's having a bit of fun out there. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think it's been a great off-season coming into this year, obviously bringing in Justin and our new CEO, Mal. Uh, I think they've done a great job just sort of set the tone from off the court. Um, and then, yeah, Justin's done a great job with the group he's recruited and... Um, yeah, everyone really enjoys playing with each other. We've got a good group that loves just um, getting after it and being pros at the end of the day. So, no, it, it's had a had a great vibe ever since the preseason. Now, now that vibe for you, because you're playing some really good basketball and uh, that vibe's obviously going to translate at home. We've got your kids in the background, which is fine. That's what Sobe does when he's not on the floor. But how are the vibes for you both on and off the court? Yeah, no, it's been good. Uh, obviously, refreshing uh, is probably the word that got thrown around a lot um, coming off the last few seasons, um, being frustrated with that sort of stuff. But um, moving to this, it's just been, yeah, refreshing in a sense of, of knowing what we're going in on a daily basis and what we're trying to do and who we're trying to be. And then, yeah, outside of basketball, it's the same for me, just continuing the family and uh, little ones growing up quick and uh, just keeping me on my toes with that, really. Well, tell me right now, because before we get into some actual specifics of the basketball, what's more stressful, the game on the line, you got the ball in your hands, or currently juggling your two little ones who keep coming into your room and you try to talk? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's probably not as stressful I'm coming in. It's more just uh, they, they've been playing the whole time until it's time for me to get on and do this, <laughs> and then they just think that it's the perfect time to come in. But, um, yeah, I mean, both aren't super stressful, but, um, no, nah, the kids keep me busy and I love it. Tell me a little bit about the secrets behind your form because a lot of people talked recently how Nathan Sobey needs to be the shooting guard, take away the point guard duties because you've always been that playmaker. You've always been that elite scorer who can put up numbers at will. It looks like you're really relishing being back in a natural position. Not to say that you can't be a point guard. We've seen you have success there too, but do you feel more comfortable off the ball? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there was obviously that adjustment period of trying to go to the one and reasons why I was doing it. Um, and then, yeah, now that we've recruited the way that we have and, and it's given me that uh, chance to just go back to that sort of um, two spot the whole time, um, it, it is natural for me. It's what I grew up doing um, and it's who I've been pretty much for most of my career. And then apart from a few years where we were trying to adjust it a little bit, which only helped my game in the end. But um, yeah, it has felt more natural and just got me back into that in that position. You're one of the leaders on this Brisbane Bullets team since since you've been there. Do you think 
going to the point guard role helped you mature as a leader and understand what it takes on the floor just to get the team in the right spot vocal but also lead by example and come away with some wins yeah i mean absolutely obviously being a point guard there's a whole nother level to it you've got to understand all the positions trying to feed all the mouths of all your uh, teammates and stuff and make sure everyone's feeling good at the same time as trying to win ball games and do everything you can at that and at that sense talk to me a little bit about the frustrations because you mentioned obviously last year everything that was going on off the court and, and when you're a player just trying to, to get wins and obviously the fans continue to show up how frustrating is it just to try and focus on basketball but that noise is inevitable in a professional sport yeah i mean obviously you don't want to be um sought to be an unprofessional or un uh sort of organized uh group or organization um so those things do start to creep in because you obviously spend a lot like you spend a lot of time uh in the environment we're in in trying to create who we are and what we're doing and to hear those sorts of things continuously obviously with a lot going on off and on the court um it does start to take a toll um on how you sort of feel with that, how it's being approached but at the end of the day, we were still going in with the mindset that we were trying to win as many games as we could. We were putting everything we could on the floor. And then obviously we just at times weren't good enough to get that done. Um, and then also we obviously had the things going on off the court as well. But like I said, I, I try not to talk about it too much um, anymore. It's kind of just like we reflect every now and then to say, see how far we've come. Um, and yeah, I couldn't be any happier with, with the spot we're in um, in such a short amount of time. Justin Schuller comes in and everyone spoke so highly of, of what he's creating there. And it is tough to, I guess, make a culture from the jump, but it's even t tougher to rebuild a culture. Apparently, you guys did a preseason camp where you, you went out and did some camping and stuff like that, kind of that bonding experience. Tell us a little bit about that and just getting that culture right because it does look night and day and it looks like everybody's enjoying themselves. Yeah, I mean... I, I've said it a bunch of times now in a few sort of chats I've had with um, all sorts of people and just his attitude and, and what he's bought right from the jump. Obviously, he's come from a very professional organization and, and a winning culture. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing is bringing in people that have been around winning uh, at, in recent successes and stuff like that. So to bring him in with other guys on our team as well that have been on championship teams um, is probably a big bigger than it probably looks. Um, but then, yeah, obviously the, the camp in Lennox heads was great for the group to just sort of, yeah, we were there to train and get better and all that sort of thing. But at the same time, we were spending a lot of time off the court with each other, really tapping into getting no guys on another level. And um, I think we did a great job of that over the course of the week. Um, and I think, moving forward it, it's going to continue to sort of pave its way of why we did it and um you continue to see that on both ends of the floor at the moment we touched a little bit about on your early season form and, and obviously the mvp conversation is what the media likes to talk about it's what fans like to talk about but it's a level that you're playing at right now but it, it seems like not only you're in a great space mentally but physically you are as well and, and we touched a little bit about it in the blitz the injury you went through probably doesn't hinder a player more so than a guy like yourself where you have to shut it down and just do absolutely nothing and rest for an extended period of time. Yeah, I mean, it was super tough. Obviously, over my whole career, it's always kind of been just work harder, just work harder and keep putting in more work and the rest will take care of itself. But it got to a point where I couldn't do that at all, really. And I hadn't kind of experienced any of that um, in my career. So to happen to to fully happen and then shut me down like all of a sudden kind of hit me all at once um 
But yeah, nowadays it just kind of reminds me that I'm not 20, 25 years old anymore and you've got to be a bit smarter with how we go about things. But I think I've found a better balance. So I don't think, I know I've found a better balance in terms of knowing that I've still got to put in the work and, and continue to work and work on things. But at the same time, like when the body needs a bit of a rest, like you've got to give it that. Not too many people can say that their basketball peaks at 33 years old, but do you feel like you potentially, this is going to be your a peak type season? That's how good you feel right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely feeling great um, on and off the floor in terms of how my body's feeling. Like working with uh, our high performance team and Matt and Brad, um, I think they've done a great job of just pushing me to my limits that I can in that sort of area as well, um, rather than just always spending time on the court. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel um, like I'm moving along probably better than I have for a while now. I'm feeling a lot stronger than I have for a while as well. So it's a bit of combination of a few things, but yeah, I think I definitely am feeling pretty good. What are some of those things you learn about yourself when, when basketball's ripped away from you and you've got a rest? Because you are, we see you as one of the, the best competitors in the league and, and how much losing hurts and you enjoy winning and all of that. But how hard is it to deal with? Did you learn anything about yourself in that time that you look back on? I guess you're proud of the way you overcame it, whether that's mentally or, or physically. Yeah, I mean, obviously you go through heaps of little battles along the way when it, it kind of shuts down. But um, probably the biggest thing for me is just kind of understanding the process of it all. Like once once it got shut down at the start, understanding like, all right, what what's it going to look like moving forward? And then you sort of set a little goal there and then get to that. And then the next one, like where's that look like and how long is that going to take? So the biggest thing for me was just setting those little steps so I had something to look forward to each time rather than just trying to get back to playing 30 minutes a game or whatever it may be or anything like that. It was more just like, all right, what can I get to? Can I get to somewhere where I can get at least a certain amount of shots up per day or can I start running on like on a track to, to see how I start feeling? Like there was just little st steps like that I kind of tried to focus on and that was probably the biggest thing and I think I was – Kind of happy with how I got to with that and understanding the process with that. Not too many people of your age coming off an injury like that, and, and we talk about the MVP discussion, but playing at that kind of level would go and play in the NBL one in the off season as well. What was the reasoning behind that? And did you go into that expecting to win a championship? I mean, first off, definitely went in there trying to expect to win a championship. We put together a team that we thought that was more than capable of doing it. Um, but then also, yeah, I definitely felt like I needed to play. Like I, I couldn't sit around for another um, six or seven months just waiting for my first game to come back around because then we'd be still using the, the those games as a stepping stone as well. But I think it, it, there was not much more important than me just getting some games under my belt, trying to work on some stuff, get back to trying um, doing a lot of moves that I, that I was used to before it and all those sorts of things. But yeah, it was definitely something I needed to do. I want to take you back to, to Wyoming times, uh, back back in college. What are some of your best memories from that? Because a lot of people forget that you, you had a stint at college before going through the development player route and obviously ending up to where you are today. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously a lot different back then. And um, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me in, when I played at Wyoming was the the people I got to play against, the, the pros that I got to play against and the... Um, the arenas and all that sort of stuff that I got to play uh, play in as well. I think uh, I made it um, pretty clear when I was making my decision to go to Wyoming that, that those were the sorts of things that I wanted to do. I wanted to play against the highest competition and in the in the um, biggest arenas I could to to see how I, I could step up in those sorts of environments. Um, but yeah, it was definitely. Um, 
there was definitely adjustment periods during that as well. Like I didn't play a lot in my junior year and then senior year got to play a lot more. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I played against some great pros and I think that really helped me um, understand what it was going to take to go to the next level, but also continue to get better at my own craft. Was college always on the radar for you as a young kid growing up in Warrnambool? Because a lot of people would assume that maybe it's footy, maybe it's something like that. When did that college decision, or I guess basketball as a career, come about for you? Yeah, I mean, I was playing for Warrnambool Seahawks back in whenever that was, 2010. Feels like a lifetime ago now. But <laughs> um, my pro, like, pro teammate, semi-pro teammate in Warrnambool who was an import for us asked me if I wanted to go to college and I was like, nah, not really. Like, wasn't for me. I was playing footy with my mates, like you said, and I was kind of enjoying that. I had a full-time job um, and I, it wasn't really what I was kind of planning on doing. Um, and then he just asked again and I was like, oh, I'm sort like, I'm kind of happy what I'm doing. And he's like, just give it a chance and see what happens. So I ended up taking the chance and going to the junior college that he went to back before, uh, when he played, uh, at Cochise College. And then, uh, it's still the same head coach when he was there than when I went and he's still the coach now. He's been going around for a long time. Um, and then, yeah, the rest was kind of the past and just loved it there. Really enjoyed my time at my junior college. And then, yeah, next thing you know, I ended up in Wyoming. My Some of my college teammates who went through the, the JUCO route, the junior college route, have some incredible stories. JUCO compared to Wyoming has to be two different types of, I guess, experiences, but both on and off the floor. Yeah, I mean, the budget's a little bit different. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely experienced that. Like we had some little metal cages for locker thing lockers and stuff like that and then you go to wyoming and it's like a fully brand new fitted out um huge locker room huge arena with however like fifteen thousand people and then yeah we were playing in front of oh, maybe 100 or 200 people at the junior college but um yeah i mean some of the funnest times and people and some of my best friends still um, to this day are, that I went to at that junior college. And then obviously I met my wife there as well. So um, there's a lot of memories that come out of there and I really, really did enjoy my time. After college and, and you signed with the Taipans as a development player, you played eight games in, in that first season. What were your goals to get out of a career in the NBL back in that stage? Did, could you ever envision that you would be where you are today back in 2015, 2016? Um, like I knew, I, I thought I was good enough to play, uh, in the NBL and whatnot. I came back, played for Ballarat, um, in that first Seville season when I came back, um, and then did a couple of workouts with NBL teams and they kind of just weren't sure about what they wanted to do and went different routes. And then obviously Fernie took a chance on me, uh, in Cairns and, um, uh, he, he kind of talked to me a little bit when I was finishing up college as well, um. And just said, come up and uh, we've got a training player spot for you and um, see what see what, how you kind of do it on a pro level, on an everyday sort of um, lifestyle of it all. And um, yeah, got up there, played in some preseason games um, against Melbourne and then was lucky enough to snag, snag up the 11th man contract for that, that season. And um, yeah, grateful for that because then I got to just really focus on basketball and and train every day and get as much work in as I wanted with the, with that all the pro environment around me. From there, you moved to Adelaide and you signed a multi-year deal. A couple of seasons later, you went from averaging four points a game to 16 and a half. And you talk about 
That is a massive jump. We talk about most improved players and what that looks like. Not too many have made a jump like that in such a small period. Can you put anything down to the reason why that was when you look back at it? Yeah, I mean, I knew that I was putting in the work with Joey and, and the coaching staff and the players at Adelaide, and I knew that I was kind of ready for a little bit more of a role um, and a, little, a few more minutes and, and whatnot. And then, unfortunately for Creaky, he went down for um, a, a long period of time, and then that gave me the chance to get a few more minutes. And I was, I just knew that I'd put in the work and it was time for me to get that opportunity after that. And um, the next thing you know, I was... Um, yeah, getting a lot more opportunity. Uh, Joey, like Joey and the guys were putting me in situations to be successful, really getting out and going and it really suited my game uh, at that point in time. And um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that sort of, that spout. Um, and then Creaky came back and I was lucky enough to hold my position. Um, and then, yeah, just continued to try and get better and better. In between that, I read somewhere that you had a promise to go back and play for Warnable in the off-season during one of those. Why did that come about? Did you feel like it was just going back to where it all began or what was the promise for? Yeah, so I, in between my junior college, freshman and sophomore year, um, I went home and played uh, for Warnable um, while I was at home for that few months um, and we made it to the grand final and I played in game one and we won it and then I had to fly out the next day and miss the next two games and we ended up losing it. Um, so I just knew that it was meant to be that I had to go back and have that unfinished business to, to bring a home a championship to Warnable. Um, and it's something that I think about it all the time because I got to go home and do it with some of my best mates and in front of my family and friends. And uh, yeah, it was it was really enjoyable. Um, and yeah, it was just some unfinished business that needed to be taken care of. I remember the time when that was announced, a lot of people were assuming that, why is he going back to Warnerville? Obviously it is your home, but this is a man who, who's destined for to massive things. Was it on a some level kind of funny to be able to do that? Because you're already an elite player in the NBL at that stage. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of always, anytime I can, I'll go home and play and um, play pickup, like, or whatever it may be, um, local comp on a Wednesday night. Um, anytime I can, I just love going back to where I'm from and repaying what my family and my friends and all the people in Warnable, the community that have supported me um, over the journey um, is probably the main thing that I probably take from it. Um, and just continuing to, to sort of throw back into the community as much as I can. As someone who has an American wife as well, but she's, she's from Brooklyn, and going back to showing your wife and your family where you grew up, tell us a bit about the reaction that that would have been. Yeah, she's not a big fan of the weather. It's a bit cold for her, <laughs> but um, no, nah, we lived there for that four months or whatever it was. But um, yeah, I mean, she just really enjoyed being around my family. and. But the first initial reactions and stuff, especially in the winter, is, yeah, like it's very cold down on the beach, very windy. Um, but, yeah, it, it's definitely not her first place to go in the winter, that's for sure. I want to chat a bit about the family side, but just on the basketball side, you've had all this success that we talk about the most improved players, getting the, the boomers call, all of that. Have you had a chance yet, you're only 33, to really stop and realize the exceptional journey you've already been on? I kind of just, like I said, sit back and reflect and, and see like the little steps and progresses that are being made uh, along the journey and stuff like that. I don't really try and sit back and think, oh, like that was awesome. Like this was unreal sort of thing. I kind of 
know that most of the the work that's put in is pay like know that it's paying off in that aspect like that's more rewarding than anything is that just knowing that the amount of work you put in the amount of work your family and fr like people put in for you mum and dad drive me around the countryside like things like that are probably the most rewarding thing for like just throwing it back to them and letting them enjoy it more than anything else You've got two beautiful kids now. You talk about starting in Adelaide and, and obviously the season and getting that opportunity from, from Joey Wright and, and putting up big numbers, having success a couple of years later, the top three MVP. Is there anything quite like coming up uh, off a win and you've got your kids running out to you? Because a lot of the time we see it after a game, the camera seems to find you and your kids and it seems like everything in that moment seems perfect to you. Yeah, I mean, there's not much better. Like, there's oh, there's nothing better than that. The feeling, uh, winning, and then all my daughter does is come down. He's like, "You won, you won, you won." I'm like, "Yeah, it's so good." Um, and then my my son just laps it up. He starts giving high fives and stuff around the court as well. Like, he loves basketball. So yeah, having them around during those moments is what it's all about. At the end of the day, like we spend so much time together and they're there every bump of the way and um for them to sort of get in that moment and, and be able to come down and celebrate and and do all that sort of thing Daddy. there's nothing better when your kids are old enough to understand the the type of play you were the type of career you had, what, what do you hope that they understand when they look at nathan Sobey? yeah that's a that's kind of a like different weird question because i i don't really think about it too much uh or not at all really like i kind of just enjoy right now like they're so young they don't understand a whole lot about what's going on and what um what we're actually doing they just see the crowd and and the fun side of it and i just kind of that's all i really enjoy and just leave it at, like kind of leave it at that well i do want to touch on the chaos that you've got there because it seems like this is when you when you are a professional basketball. There's so much going on. You come home, you're resting, but this is the type of chaos that you actually do love. Your kids are running around, and it might be a day off or you finish training. But this is gets to make you realize that above all, you are a dad to two beautiful kids. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this morning before training, we were up for three or what three and a half hours, like before we even leave to go to practice or whatever. And um, we're spending time outside, like in the like pools and stuff and, and things like that. And I, like, that's the best part. Like I get to go to practice and, and really enjoy and love what I do. But at the end of the day, like I before practice and after practice, spending as much time with them and doing everything that they love to do is, is really the best thing about uh, being a dad or life itself. Was there any particular advice that you give a 16-year-old Nathan Sobey? You look back, because it, it is a long time ago now, but you've been through so much, the highs and the lows. Is there any advice you'd give to, to that youngster back then? Yeah, I mean, the, like the advice I'd probably give myself is just enjoy the little steps along the way. Um, you get so caught up on what's next and, and how high and the dreams you're trying to reach and what you're trying to do that you kind of get stuck in that process of it. But at the end of the day, I just... Yeah, I look back and, and think that I oh, you can kind of enjoy those steps a little bit more and, and, and really um, sort of not fully celebrate it as such. Like that's the main thing you were trying to do. But just, yeah, little little enjoyment through the steps is probably the biggest thing. It's probably hard when you look at professional sports in Australia especially, but really anywhere. One would be obviously winning a championship, but two would be getting a call to represent your country, whether that be at a World Cup or Olympics, with your two little kids here. Tell us a little bit about when they can understand that 
their dad played for the Boomers and went to an Olympics. Yeah, I mean, um, like when that day comes, it'll obviously be super special that I can sort of let them know that I was part of um, history with Australian Daddy. basketball, um, being able to bring home a medal for our country, things like that. That'll, that'll definitely be a, a great conversation to have when, when the time happens. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to sort of talk about right now because I, I think we're still a fair way away from that. Um, but when that time comes, it, it'll definitely have a great feeling with it in terms of – and then them seeing experiences of when they were young, being around with me during environments like that um, – They'll, they'll sort of understand it a little bit more and, and it'll have some extra meaning in it. Last couple of things. Firstly, what kind of daddy is Nathan Sobey? Because, yeah, I've got your hands full right now, but you're doing a tremendous job. We see you on the floor and, and we see the way you play, the, the, how hard you wear your heart on your sleeve at times. What, what kind of dad is Nathan Sobey at home? Um, good question. I think, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to hang out with him as much as I can, teach him as many things as I can, um, try and just do whatever they like to enjoy. Uh, yeah, mainly just spending a lot of time with them, traveling with them. Um, yeah, it's more just being around um, all the time uh, when we're not at training, when we're not on the road. Uh, it's just spending time with them and my wife. And I really love family time. So, um, yeah, it's just... That's about it, really. And lastly, just talk to me a little bit about Brisbane this season. And not, not just the team, but the fans, because they continue to show up and everything's looking up for the Brisbane Bullets. And Justin Schiller's done a tremendous job. What's exciting you most about this season for Brisbane Bullets as a whole? Um, I mean, even through the, during the hard times, like our crowd has always showed up. Like they have been nothing but amazing over the journey that I've been part of the Bullets. Um, and then it's only keep, like it only keeps getting better and better um, this year with the show outs we've got uh, in our first few home games that we've had. Um, I'm just really looking forward to the, what this group can do. We have a great group of guys that love getting after it and, and competing. And um, we've got a great balance. And, uh, like, we really do enjoy each other's company and really love like, being around the environment we have. And, I mean, that's credits to what we talked about earlier with Schulz and Mal, Mal um, what they've been able to do in a short time. But um, at the end of the day, um, yeah, I'm just – I'm excited to see what, what this group can do. How much has Soap's got left in the tank? Uh, good question. Um, I'll run out until it's dry, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll continue to keep doing what I'm doing, looking after myself. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how long that goes. Well, we appreciate your time. Kids, uh, are we proud of Dad? You got a question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Well, Sobs, we appreciate your time. Thanks for juggling all that. Good luck for the rest of the season. And I know you hate the MVP conversation keeps popping up, but we love seeing you play at this level. So good luck for it all, and thanks again. No worries. Thanks for having me.